Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We've got a fresh new week in front of us. I want to talk to you about your decision-making. The way you make decisions um, uh, really will affect the outcome of your life. So there's things that uh, you know we all wish we learned when we were young, and sometimes you learn them only by trial and error. The best type of learning is not to learn by making mistakes, but, but to learn by other people's mistakes. So today, I believe this is going to help you. We're going to talk about decision-making. So I want to read you a couple definitions, and I'm going to talk about all of them. The first word is the word inspiration, and it says the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative, the quality of being inspired, or a sudden, brilliant, creative, or timely idea. And so we have inspiration. The, the, the root of this word actually is uh, comes from the drawing in of breath or inhalation, which is the picture there when you're inspired is that there's something that came from outside of you that you just like, oh, this inspiration came on me from out of nowhere. Many people who write poems feel this way. I just got this inspiration just came to me. I don't know where it came from. It wasn't something I was thinking about, but I got this inspiration. This idea seemed to just land, put itself in my lap. So that's word number one, inspiration. Word number two, discipline. Uh, to discipline means to behave in a, to be disciplined means to, be, to behave in a strictly controlled way and obey particular rules or standards. To obey, to behave in a strictly controlled way and obey particular rules or standards. So that's the word discipline. To be a person of discipline means you, you set boundaries for yourself and you're able to stick through with those boundaries. All right, word number three, are you ready? Um, where am I going with this? This isn't just a, an English lesson here. Um, but dedication, uh, it, it means uh, wholehearted devotion. Uh, it means a couple different things here, but wholehearted devotion. So the difference between discipline and devotion is discipline involves your heart. Uh, devotion involves just setting up, uh, excuse me, discipline just send, involves setting up rules and following them through. Devotion is something that you're wholeheartedly dedicated to. It's something that, that, that you're devoted to. It's got your heart as well as your boundaries. All right, complete and wholehearted devotion. And then last word, grit. And I'm going to talk about all three of these. Grit is determination and courage to continue doing something even though it is very difficult. So you may be able to figure out where I'm going from here. But you know, the way we make decisions makes a big difference in our life. And there's many people um, because, and I, I, th- I feel like especially our generation, that because uh, things have come easier and there's so much of a message that's preached to our generation of, you know, do what you love, you know, f- uh, follow your dreams, follow your heart. I'll sometimes just think about these phrases. If you go to Disney World, the theme of Disney World is follow your dreams, follow your heart. And, and I want to tell you, um, uh, most times, don't follow your heart. <laughs> follow the Word of God. If you have to choose between following the Word and following your heart, follow the Bible. You can, you can say without a doubt, follow the Word, and you'll be right 100% of the time. You can say follow your heart, and you can also be wrong in following your heart. Your heart will sometimes lead you astray. So follow the Word of God. But, but there's a generation of people who, who, even in the church, that there's a teaching on grace as God graces you and calls you to do things. But the moment things get uh, difficult, they people say this, oh, I just feel the grace is lifted. 
And, you know, so as much as I talk about it, and you hear me talk about it a lot, where I say God will grace you and that which was difficult will become easy. But that's for when you know that what you're doing, what you're called to do. If you haven't noticed, and if you haven't heard in my voice, I'm not changing professions anytime soon. You're not going to find me in five years, and I'm kind of doing my own thing. I'm called to preach the gospel. I've made up my mind. I've counted the cost. This is what I'm alive to do. And so when you're going after it, that's where you can tap into the grace of God. I'm married. I'm never going to be unmarried. I ask God to grace me to be a husband because there is no exit plan. There's not even an exit option, right? So for me, now that I'm in it, I'm here. It's like giving birth. My wife said when she was in labor, she said, I realized that at some, <laughs> she said, at some point it dawned on me, I only leave here one way, and that's with a baby in my arms. So as difficult as this is, and as a struggle as this, much of a struggle as this is, there's no, hey, time out can we pause or can we do this another day? I don't think I'm ready. Like this thing ends, the labor has begun. This thing ends with me holding a baby, me figuring this thing out. And and so it's true in life. And there has to be a commitment to what God has put in front of us. But the reason I read those words and starting with the first word in, in inspiration is many people, there's different categories of people in, 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 in decision-making, but number one is people who only make inspired decisions. Inspiration can be good, especially creatively. Many songwriters out there, you know, inspiration came or a line came. I used to write a fair amount of like poetry or spoken words. I don't really anymore, but um, an inspiration would come, right? And I would write and I would write and I would look at this and I used to be able to like look at these spoken words and be as as, as much of a fan of it as as you know, I could look at this and be like, this is awesome. Why? Because I felt like it came from outside of me. So inspiration serves its purpose. But if you're the type of person that your decision, and you have to be honest with yourself, that your decision making comes from the inspiration place where there's no real discipline in your life. You know, the, the Jesus had followers and they called them disciples. They, they, they were the d- disciplined ones, not the inspired ones, the disciplined ones. For many people, there's things that come and go, and, and they feel like, if I don't feel inspired to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's a very childish way of thinking, where it's almost like, well, you know, when I feel inspired to pray or worship the Lord, I don't want it to be out of religion. You know, I don't put a schedule around it. That's not being disciplined. That's being foolish. Because when you, you come out of that place, there's many days where you don't feel inspired. I have plenty of days that I don't feel inspired. I don't wake up feeling inspired, but I have commitments that I make. I have commitments to the Word of God. I have commitments to prayer time. I even have commitments to exercise. But what I find most times is that when I wake up and I get my cup of coffee and, I, and, and, and if I'm going to run that morning, I run. Uh, and if I'm not, that when I just start and I get going on what I've committed to, time in the word, time in prayer, that by the end of it, inspiration can come to do the next thing. So I don't wait on the inspiration. If you spend your entire life waiting on the inspiration, oh, you know, I'm waiting on the inspiration to paint. You know, the people who are the best musicians in the world are not waiting to be inspired to play. They're playing. They're putting down hour after hour after hour. There's a, there's a practical practice. There's people who want to go in the ministry and, and they ask me, what should I be doing? And, I'm, and, and they're in Bible school. I said, well, you should be memorizing scripture. You should be banking the word right now. You should be hiding the word in your heart. Because the the first time you get asked to preach somewhere and you get up there and then you start quoting a scripture, uh, you know, what does it say for God? 
He sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the, where, where is that? Is that in Luke? You, the, the, the person who gave you the opportunity is going to be like, I can't believe I invited someone who's done no word preparation. You shouldn't be waiting. You should be memorizing scriptures. When you memorize them, memorize where you find them too. You don't wait till you're inspired to read the Bible. You don't wait till you're inspired to pray. You, you become a disciplined person and you do it because you know the Bible said when you pray, not if you pray. Man, I, I thank the Lord that, that the person that, that shared the gospel with my mom wasn't someone like today's generation of, you know, I, I only go soul winning if I really feel like it. I only win souls. No, you win the loss, whether you feel like it or not. Holy Ghost, my day is yours. Lead me to the right people. Bring people in my path today. And so people who live by inspiration, and you have to be honest with yourself. Are you the type of person that starts things and never finishes them? Then you probably fit into this category of, of inspiration. Oh, I get a, a wind of inspiration and then I'm all in and, and people go hard for like a week and then after a week you can't find them. They're not doing it anymore. Why? Because they, they, they never made a decision to be disciplined. So inspiration serves its purpose. Inspiration should lead to change. For me, when I was 240 or 245 pounds, I got inspired to lose weight. But I quickly realized every day I wake up, I'm not going to be inspired. I'm going to feel like eating cake, right? So I, what I did was I set a plan. For 40 days, this is the, the diet that I'm doing. And I set a plan. And then it became my discipline. And so you learn to be a disciplined person. You learn to be a person. Who could set, um, who could set rules for yourself, and like it, the the definition says, to behave in a strictly contro- controlled way and obey particular rules or standards. So my standard became no no uh, no calorie. I didn't drink calories, right? And then my standard became not eating after seven p.m. And then my standard became, and now it's at the point where you know I like good food as much as the next person, but I look at the things that I can eat and the things that I can decline when I'm offered something. It's easy now. Where in the past, if someone offered me a donut, there was no way I was saying no. (laughs) Why? Because donuts are freaking delicious, right? There's no way I'm saying no. But now, because why? Because it's, it's almost where it's progressed past discipline and it's gone to the next thing. It's his wholehearted devotion. Now, I won't say I'm wholeheartedly devoted to fitness. I'm, I'm really not. Um, but for me, being in shape and being in a good place, I, I have has more of my heart than food does. So I like being disciplined. I like the fact that I can say no. And being in shape and, and, and fitting into my clothes and not being up and down, I, I, that has more of a place of my heart than the food does. But what does that come from? That's come from years of just being disciplined. And even in exercise, just being disciplined. Devotion, though, is where your heart has it. And this is where our call to the gospel has to lie. Yes, there's areas of discipline. There's things we don't like doing. I don't always love fasting. And the Lord will lead me to fast. And many times I think, oh, fasting. But you know what I've learned is that God rewards people who seek Him. And so when God calls me to a fast... I know he's got a reward for me on the other side of it, but I love Jesus. And so for me, if I can, if, 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 because I love the Lord, spending time in the word isn't a challenge. Why? Because I love Jesus and it's spent, Jesus is the word. It's spending the, the most direct way to spend time with God is spend time in his word. You take three hours and you read the Bible for three hours and you've just spent three hours with God almighty, man, that's powerful. And so you have a devotion. And, and, and this is really where Jesus, his relationship with the Father became such an important part of what he did because it wasn't just, yes, it was discipline, 
but it was a devotion. It was that there's, his heart was fully engaged. And that's why when you see the wording in the gospel, it's the greatest commandment is love God. You know, I said this on, on one of the broadcasts I did last week, is that without love going before it, things in the word are difficult. It's difficult to forgive. But when you love God, it's easy. It's difficult to give. But when you love God, it's joyful. It's difficult to soul win. But when you love the Lord and you love people, it gets easy. It's difficult to fast. But when you love the Lord, it gets easy. It's like these things that are hard that people look at and be like, man, that's difficult. You go to church, you go to you go to church, how long are the services? It's like it's easy. Man, this is I live for this. This is this is my God. And so for many people, it's just restoke the flame. Man, if you're feeling like the things in the Word are hard, go back to the basics. Spend time just worshiping the Lord, just thanking the Lord. Just talk to the Lord one-on-one. I mean, He loves you. You love Him. But there's times where, where the busyness of life can take away from that. And so that's where we step over into devotion, where your love for God leads to everything else. And that's where the difficult things seem easy. And then there's this thing called grit. And I want to read a, a, a verse to you. And it says, um, uh, this is Matthew 27, 33 and 34. And it says, and when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull or the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. You know, it's customary um, when someone is going to be crucified and was going to be tortured. Uh, crucifixion was a, was a terrible way to die. I mean, imagine hanging up and, and you got nails through your hands and it's roughly six hours that took Jesus to die. They would give him a, a, a drink that intoxicated them. So vinegar and gall was, was meant to do that. It was meant to get someone drunk, basically to alleviate the pain, put him in a stupor to alleviate the pain. So there was a little bit of mercy. And so here he is going up and, and he's crucified with, I believe, upwards of five or, or four or more other people. I know most depictions are two people, but um, I believe it's at least four that he was crucified with, um, according to the word. But, but it says that he tasted it. And then when he realized what it was, he refused to drink it. Why was that? Because he didn't, he didn't want to lessen the price. First of all, he didn't want to lessen the price. Number two, he, he, he wasn't going to get drunk because it went against his standard, right? And then, and then also, it was, yeah, he didn't want to lessen the price, but there were still things to be done. You know, he was on the cross to fulfill, to fulfill prophecies. So there's still things uh, where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That, 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 um, fulfilled prophecy. The, the time of his death when he died uh, at 3 p.m., that was the time where they were killing the animals for the yearly Passover on the other side of Jerusalem. And so him dying at that moment was significant because they would take the lamb, the lamb that was slain for the, the, the Passover feast, the yearly Passover feast. He died at the time they would have been slaughtering that lamb. And so it's, he's the, <laughs> the lamb slain. And so there were things he had to fulfill, and he just said, I'm, I, and then it says that he yielded up the ghost, which is awesome because he released his own spirit. He still had full control, and he released it at that, at that moment, um, released, gave it up. But it was, it was grit. Grit is to do something, to find, uh, to, grit is the determination and courage to continue doing something even though it's very difficult. You know, I said this at the beginning, but the way you make decisions is important. Don't be a person at the moment something gets difficult. Oh, I feel the grace is lifted. Don't be a person who waits for inspiration to act. When you know to do something that's right, let's do it. There's time the inspiration will come, time to write a book, time to do something, and God's giving you a wind 
to, to do it. And it's time to act. But without the, the discipline and without the determination and without even a devotion to it, many people start things and don't follow them through. But I'm asking you in this new year, make a change. You decide. But even out of your own mouth, say, I'm going to be a person of grit that, fi- that when, they find, when I find things that I know I'm supposed to do, when they get difficult, I'm sticking through. That's, the, that's where people separate themselves and distance themselves and become people who make an impact on the planet is when it gets difficult that you stick it out and you say, bless God. It may be tough, but it wasn't as tough as Jesus dying on the cross. Grit is Jesus saying, no, I'm not drinking that. Uh, grit is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. So how you make decisions affects your life. Inspiration's good, but you can't live by inspiration. Discipline is good, but you'd rather have dedication. And dedication is good. And, and when you can get grit involved, when you can see the difficult thing coming and do it anyway. So I want to encourage you. There's things that God has put on your heart to begin. Don't wait another day. And then also know There will come a point where it'll get difficult and you have to be able to look at it right in the eye and say, I knew the time was coming though this would be difficult and I'm sticking it out. Why? Because I'm a person who follows through, who finishes up. And for some of you, you've started things that you haven't finished and it's time to to plant your feet, to grit your teeth, plant your feet and get it done. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you soon.